This is episode number 15 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jessie Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health, and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey friends, welcome on to another episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. It's Jesse Mundell and Anita Lambert. We're so excited today because we have one of our fave people on as a guest, Brianna Battles. Bree, thank you so much for agreeing to be on with us today. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. So this is typical mom life, entrepreneur life. We are in three different time zones right now. Brie is in her car recording this to get away from the baby. We're, we are short on time with toddlers to pick up and preschoolers to pick up. So we're going to get into some fun stuff, though, talking about pregnancy and postpartum athleticism with Brie. This is her wheelhouse. I'm going to give you a short intro to Brie if you're not familiar with her, and then she will let us in on a bit more detail about what she's doing in her business and her life right now. So Brie has worked in the strength, conditioning, and wellness industry for years and has coached at various levels. She is the owner of Everyday Battle Strength and Conditioning in Thousand Oaks, California. She coaches a variety of athletes from high school level athletes to the lifestyle fitness population. Her specialty is in coaching pregnant and postpartum athletes. Brie has her master's degree in coaching and athletic administration and her bachelor's degree in kinesiology. She is a certified strength and conditioning specialist, USAW sports performance coach, and a certified wellness coach. Bree, you have so many skills. Tell us what <laughs> you actually are doing in your business currently. Currently, I am coaching coaches and coaching athletes through pregnancy and postpartum. So awesome. <laughs> Online and in person and um just trying to get a little bit different messaging out to the pop, that kind of population, um, to sort of like a niche within a niche. So, um, that's where my focus has absolutely shifted the past couple of years, I'd say. And Brie, how did you start into the prenatal postpartum coaching realm? Um, after I had Cade almost five years ago, I, was in the trenches myself and I realized just through my own experiences and guidance that I had been given I realized like there was so much of the um that picture that was missing that I really felt um like as an athlete and coach I should have known better with being experienced and I just didn't know what the considerations were for trying to train like an athlete through pregnancy and then resume postpartum and I just felt really duped and I knew that if that happened to me I all of my peers who were then venturing into pregnancy and postpartum like the messaging was just so damaging and it's it's a lot better now um with the more exposure there is and resources but honestly and, and I still can't believe that it was just five years ago that it was like nothing 
in my like bubble anyway. Um, so I knew that through my own like processing and learning and application that I needed to kind of pass it on into the work that I was doing locally. And then um, I was just sharing a lot online about my own stuff. And then of course, all the emails pour in and questions and blah, blah, blah. And that led to making some online resources for athletes, which then led into making um, an online resource for coaches so that they could reach, um, you know, a greater population of the athletes that were reaching out to me. So it's just sort of snowballed completely accidentally and unintentionally, but also in a way that um, feels pretty right. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that you want to be getting a different message to people. What are you typically seeing in your realm, in your industry, in the that say the CrossFit population, because we know that you do quite a bit of work in that yeah. area, versus what are you trying to get across? Wait, um, I guess we see just a pendulum swing, right? Like we went from, I always bring this up, like my mom's generation. So 30 something years ago, she definitely wasn't like lifting and training crazy when she was pregnant with me or trying to get back really quickly postpartum. Her focus was just like, I'm pregnant and now I'm, like wanting to be active with my kids. So now we've seen so many more women involved in strength training and pursuing their athleticism, maybe post high school and post college and whatever. And now all of a sudden that group that's been, that's considered themselves an athlete for the past 10 or 20 years are now venturing into pregnancy and they're still wanting to be fit and do the activities that they like to do. Um, we obviously like CrossFit is a popular draw for the for those women. Um, and a lot of them don't want to give it up, nor should they. But I think there's this, this misconception of like, if I was doing it before, I can keep doing it. And if my doctor says it's okay, I can absolutely keep doing it. And I'm just going to listen to my body and I'm going to do what I've always done. And I'm experienced and I'm educated and I'm so fit and strong. Like pregnancy isn't an excuse or um, like, oh, there's just, there's just so many there's just so many things, you know, like where it's, it's sort of a badge of honor, but even beyond that, it's, it's their identity that is wrapped up in wanting to continue their athleticism. And then when you're pregnant, like that's a huge hit to your identity. Cause it's not really just, it's like your body changing and your ability changing. And even if you try to hold on to that, you're never going to win, you know, like we can't hold on to our identity when we're pregnant and absolutely not when you venture into motherhood, like it just shifts. And I see my athlete population have a really hard time with that transition. And I, I, I absolutely did. So when I speak like this, I'm not uh, like, I am literally that person. So, um, so I guess my effort now that I was on one side, I guess, of the, um, of that crowd before when I was pregnant with Kate, like, I just felt like, I'm fit. I'm strong. I know what I'm doing. Like it's no big deal. Um, except that backfired postpartum. And then I was just pissed that like no one kind of, no one told me that there were specific considerations beyond like, I know just the basic stuff. Um, and so I guess now my message is to create more awareness around what the considerations are for training through pregnancy core and public health, obviously, but also like long-term performance implications and 
what training through our pregnancy and then trying to return too quickly postpartum or maybe before our body's actually ready, even if we think it feels ready, like that can backfire on performance. And so I think that's where the buy-in comes from with my athletes is like, if it's not saying that like you're not fit or you're not strong or you're not able, it's just more like, what is your body actually ready for right now? And you don't know how to listen to your body because you have been trained to literally ignore like certain signs and symptoms of your threshold. So um, I think it's athletes always tell me like, well, I know how to listen to my body. I'm really in tune, but like, you're not in tune when you're, when you're pregnant and when you're postpartum, it is a whole different ball game than anything that we are used to. And I say that as somebody who would have said the same thing until I truly knew what to look for and watch for and listen to, and also progress and regress. So. Mm-hmm. And both Jess and I love how you tend to call that athlete brain yeah. in terms of that mentality. So what would you say, because you mentioned certain symptoms or things that you would kind of just intuitively push through as an athlete, what would be some of those things, just so any of those, um, you know, expecting or new moms listening will know kind of what, what to listen for or what to watch for? Yeah, I think it's it's honestly the little things. So we'd say like, oh, incontinence or... Um, you feeling like everything is coming out of you or like a lot of pressure and pain or pulling, like we are kind of aware of those things, but I also think it's like honoring fatigue and that your body is, is changing and it might feel different day to day, definitely week to week, absolutely month to month. And some days you're not going to want to train and that's okay. Um, and I think we have this like no excuses, just show up and work out anyway mentality, especially in the athlete community, because again, that's what we've been told to do. And some days it might just not feel good to work out or it might not feel good to like lift really heavy anymore. Maybe it feels better just to work with dumbbells and not barbells because your fatigue and just the structure of your body in general, it just like, I guess not pushing it to do stuff that it doesn't want to do. And, um, but again, there's this loss of like identity or loss of like not doing what the rest of the class is doing or comparing to what, Another pregnant woman in the gym is doing, I hear that all the time. And so then it's like, we're so insecure is what it kind of comes down to. And it sucks. And I've been there. I totally get it. And, um, but I think just taking ownership of what your body is trying to tell you and that maybe it might honestly vary day to day. And, um, of course, like watching for, um, any signs of like incontinence or pain or pressure, um, you know, a lot of just like, how are we managing our intra-abdominal pressure? Are you coning? Like have, hopefully have somebody who kind of knows um, what that stuff is and also just how to progress and regress. Like, do we really need to be doing 30 double unders when you're 30 weeks pregnant? I would argue no, but there's a lot of people that are like, well, why not? You know? And so that's where it kind of comes back to the can I versus should I, which which is a whole other conversation to have and message to try to get across, um, especially to this community. So this is a long game in this coaching yeah. with people, right? Cause girl. Yeah. The, the more... more strides I feel like we make, the more stuff I see. Yes. And yes. I'm like, Oh, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got more work to do. Yeah. Because I mean, and we, it's by default, we're educated on social media and we find that, well, if so-and-so did that, then it's fine for me. And almost like this blanket statement of messaging for athletes instead of like the actual 
evidence or injuries or like, yeah, I don't know. No one wants to look at that stuff. They just want to say, well, so-and-so athlete was able to do box jumps or rope climbs or like really heavy deadlifts when she's pregnant or when she's a month postpartum and she has a weight belt on. So it must be fine. And that's about the extent of how much we're truly looking into it. Um, because that's like, what's easy. We've trust that certain people who are like navigating this chapter, you know, well, they must have the answers just because they're really an experienced athlete or they're really fit or really strong, or maybe they've had a baby before. And now look at them there. They have a six pack again. So obviously I should trust them. Um, and like people don't find me just like they don't find you until they like need to find you, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, um, it's hard, but we've also in a good, like a good spin is like, there's also been some high level athletes that have reached out to me and we've been able to share like, okay, if this woman who is super fit and has coached and has trained for so long, but this is still something that's a bit unknown to her. So if she needs that guidance, don't you think the average mom going three or four days a week just recreationally to her classes might also need some guidance if somebody who's been in this game for 20 years is looking out for it? So um, I guess that's where I feel affirmed in that we're slowly making strides because of the exposure we've received from people who could easily say that they don't need that guidance. Um, so we one step forward, a couple steps back, so on and so forth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would love for you to talk a little bit more about the work that you do with those high-level athletes and specifically the ones who are training and competing in CrossFit. What does that look like? Yeah, so for, for those athletes, I take them on more from like a strategist consultation kind of standpoint because the majority of athletes don't want to stop going to their gym. They don't want to stop doing their workouts or their specific programming, but they, what they do want to know, um, they just want permission, you know, or uh, like conversely, they want to be told like, it's time for you to stop this or it's okay for you to start this. Like they just want to have that peace of mind and they're not, and it's nice because they're not pissed when I say like, okay, well, I think it's probably a good time to stop doing pull-ups or whatever like because not because you can't do them because I know you're so strong but I just think with your considerations and what's happening here or there whatever or just honestly you're just you have a big old belly right now let's just stop doing pull-ups you know like that's hard pull-ups are hard (laughs) um so like it's kind of nice because they can talk we can kind of talk out what their training looks like what they're wanting to do how they're feeling and I chat with them every couple weeks and they'll send me like some videos and Um, It's good because I don't have to like, they don't want to follow a program. And frankly, I don't want to write a program for them anyway, because it's, it's just, it's so hard to write a program. As you know, I like sit there like, wow, but what about this? Or no, that's like, and then it's also, it might feel lame to somebody who's like used to being like a high level athlete. So why not just meet them where they are with what they're doing and say, well, what's about this or change the volume here, change the load here, change the positioning, whatever it may be. Um, so that as they keep growing and structurally and hormonally and energy, whatever, all these different transitions, um, they feel good through their pregnancy and like they were still able to make informed decisions while also doing the stuff they want to do in the manner they want to do it. And then postpartum, obviously it's hard because you want to, you want 
okay, so like my goal is to help them just like be in it. Like you're, you have your whole life to be an athlete and you will always have the gym and you will always have the ability to like progress. Like that is the beauty of fitness and athleticism is like, we have that, we have accessibility to that. Um, what we don't have forever is a baby and, um, and this chapter of like really trying to be in tune with, with just surrendering to not sleeping and surrendering to like needing to nurse or not, but just care for a baby transition and like adding another stressor, like trying to get your body back or trying to get back to the gym X amount of days a week or trying to exercise and like, or I see a lot of athletes like trying to out exercise, like their like, like mental health struggles. And I absolutely did that. Um, because it's all freaking hard. Right. So, um, but I think that the more we can just like let that part be just for a little bit and find other ways to feel fulfilled during an otherwise vulnerable chapter can be really helpful for our athletic performance long-term. Um, and so I've really tried to emphasize that like take truly taking a fourth trimester and that's not to say to like not exercise. It's just, why don't we change what exercising looks like for that time? Um, for the majority of people and then like really um, respect a gradual progression back into the loads you would like to achieve the kind of dynamic movements you want to do like what is your level of readiness and have you progressed to that because we do that with every other like thing any injury we we like have a respect for this order of operations that needs to occur as far as rehab and and like progressing one movement pattern to the next, to the next, to the next. Um, and then volume and load, just these very basic strength and conditioning principles that totally get forgotten about with pregnant and postpartum athletes. They're just sort of like want to keep doing what they've always done this whole time. And then they want to um, start right back up where they left off and not just start up where they left off during pregnancy, but like to where they were right before they got pregnant. And that while it might work for some, it won't work for the majority. And, you know, if we're talking sustainable health and fitness and performance, then we kind of have to respect the like ever changing chapter that we are in. Mm -hmm. And clearly you love coaching these clients from how you're speaking, which is amazing. <laughs> oh, like what, what would you say you love the most when you're coaching, whether prenatal or postpartum populations? Oh man. Um, I like when they see it. Like, I love when there's like, oh my God, I get it. Like, I absolutely, like, it's because it's not like, I, it is not about the exercises or the modifications or anything like that for like, that's not really what I focus on too much in my coaching. It's more about like, why, like, what is the why and educating them on this like full spectrum of like what it means to be a female athlete and how that changes at different points in our life. And, um, Pregnancy and postpartum is just one of those chapters. Like that's just one small time in our life. And, um, and we have to respect it. Like we have to respect that just like we would any other like training period. And um, so when I get that, that buy-in of like messaging and really understanding what I'm about, like I'm not just this buzzkill in the like, in the like crossfitty, like, athletic world I feel like a buzzkill other times but other people probably think I'm like super extreme um so when we I think like when that messaging resonates and they see it and they feel it and they're like I totally get why um that feels really good and then when you give somebody hope where they've like 
been convinced that like a two finger diastasis is the worst ever or that they can never lift with a prolapse like and you give them hope and say, look, well, like, let's sort of rewind and reexamine, like, the messaging you've been given, the guidance you've been given. And now, like, why don't we just play around? Let's experiment with what you can do because, like, human movement is so beautiful. And our bodies are so resilient even when we feel like they are not resilient at all. Um, and so just changing how we do things rather than, like, setting these, like, really limiting beliefs around um, what we are truly capable of. And on the flip side, what struggles do you face in coaching these populations? Uh, the buy-in, where they think they're exempt. Mm -hmm. Without without a doubt, it's the being like, well, this doesn't apply to me, or I feel fine, or my doctor told me it's totally fine. Um, where, like, basically, who are you to tell me that I shouldn't be hitting a PR at eight weeks postpartum? Because that's the, that's the emails that I get, is like, I hit a... Uh, bench press PR at eight weeks postpartum and I'm like okay like that's great uh, <laughs> like that's not really something I can I can recommend back to you or to anybody ever after any procedure or injury or whatever like we don't hit PRs like that in any strength and conditioning circle but we know that's not how it works but it's that like I am exempt from this messaging and from this advice and I don't need it and it's really hard and I, and honestly, like, and maybe they don't, and maybe they're totally fine and they'll pr continue on the rest of their life or pregnancies and be totally fine. But it, it's hard when, um, that backfires and because then there's just so much more attached to it. And, um, I have been there, so it is like, obviously my own bias and I do take it personally because like of all people, I was absolutely the one to feel, to be exempt. And it still was like hit me like a ton of bricks you know to be like so wrong and so humbled and so like just upset with myself and upset with the guidance I was given um for having like such an ego around a chapter that like absolutely should not have an ego with it like you can't have an ego in motherhood hello like <laughs> we get like humbled by our kids every day. So, you know, might as well buy into that during pregnancy while we can still like own the parts that we can, but also know that there's just so many other variables to consider and um, that none of us are exempt from various struggles and, and it's going to look different for everybody. Mm -hmm. I love that you mentioned that. And this is something that other trainers and coaches will ask me about often is what do you do with those clients and how what strategies do you use when they're not buying in and you care so deeply about them and you want them to buy in because you know it's in their best interest and they're not yeah where do you go um yeah so I get I get those people a lot I ask them why they want to like wh why what is your goal um and I just kind of put it back on them where it's more conversational rather than like you need to stop doing this. They will never listen to me if I say it's you just stop or I don't recommend that or whatever. Like they don't care. I ask like, why, why do you want to do this? And a lot of the times they, whether it's through pregnancy or postpartum, whatever, um, it comes from a place of fearing losing our ability to do something or feeling inferior or like insecure, um, that identity component. um, and just like, yeah, just like not wanting to lose another thing. Cause like when you're pregnant, like you kind of, you just, 
and when you're postpartum, you just, there is kind of a loss of like you and like what, and the things that you used to be able to do and now you can't and like, um, and it's hard. So I, I guess I do just try to like figure out what's making them tick. Like, what is it that's like making them want to so badly run that marathon at 30 weeks pregnant or sign up for a half marathon when they're in their fourth trimester? Like, what is it that's really making them do that? And so a lot of it's attached to the body image. A lot of it's attached to identity. A lot of it is attached to like just pure like ability and athleticism and wanting a piece of their life back. And all of that is totally fair. I just think that like there's chapters, there's levels of readiness and where they're at might not always be, um, indicative of their readiness and so I try to spin it that way it's like it's not so much like don't do it it's just you're not ready for it right now and and then I also try to say like if people that are paid to be professional athletes are adhering to certain um, recommendations and and timelines and just chapters of their life and motherhood like basically you're you're not that person like like you you want to be a mom and you want to go to your mommy fitness boot camp thing at like three weeks postpartum like you have uh, maybe aside from like fat loss like no one's paying you to do that like it's not your job so your job right now is to transition and heal and rehab and make sure that you are physically ready for that and that you're mentally in a place where you're training for like long-term sustainable health and fitness and not just like a desperation um so it's it's really tough, but I do try to just ask them questions and figure out like what makes them tick and why they're wanting to do it, and then um, what like potential repercussions that there are because we cannot save everybody. And so I guess like when they want to keep doing it anyway, and they're like, "Screw you, you don't know anything," then fine, like fine. But now you have all the information to make your own decisions, and you can own that for the rest of your life. Like how, and it, and maybe you are going to be totally fine. And I hope that like everything does work out and that you're able to enjoy motherhood and enjoy fitness and enjoy all these things and feel just really like informed and empowered in your decision-making because I, I guess I was most hurt. And I know the people I work with are most hurt when they're like, why didn't anyone tell me? Right. And so my job is to tell you and then do with it what you want. Right. <laughs> so, um, I think that's the biggest piece. And when, Oftentimes when it, they've maybe done something that I didn't fully like, I guess, endorse or whatever, they'll come back later and say, okay, I think like, I think you're right. I wasn't totally ready for that. Um, do you have any advice? And like, of course, sure. Let's like, let's just take a couple steps back again, just like we would with any other consideration during um, our fitness journey. And you've talked a lot, Brie, on social media. And anyone listening, if you don't follow Brie on Facebook or Instagram, you need to because she shared so much about her, like about your pregnancy experience and your postpartum recovery. So how was your experience different physically, mentally, emotionally after baby one? So after Cade versus after Chance? Well, like literally everything, um, like everything. So my like mind, like my mindset is just dramatically different and I don't know like it sounds like so egotistical to say like I'm so much more mature now <laughs> so it's it's not really that I think it's just more of like I'm wiser with like what 
my body is going through um, and or went through. And I knew I just knew myself at such a, a deeper level and understood the process in such a different way. Um, so I just felt really in tune the second time. I was also able to um, have to have a lot more awareness of my body. And like, I really knew how to listen to my body this time, not just like in passing saying that. Um, I knew how to manage my readiness during pregnancy. Like maybe it was time for me to stop doing these movements, not because I like, couldn't do them, but it just wasn't really doing my like dramatic diastasis any favors. So so yeah, everything between my pregnancy with Cade and pregnancy with Chance was, was different. Um, I just, the second time around was just a lot more intentional with how I was training the volume and just respecting what, how it looked different days. And some days I felt really good. Other days I didn't want to work out at all. And, and then there was just so much going on that, like that year, I guess we just had a lot of changes um, just personally. And so it, it just, and obviously being pregnant with a toddler, you're just like, okay, this is different. So um, that part was way different and, uh, postpartum also super different. I just knew, like I, I knew to rehab. I knew the things that like, I knew the fourth trimester that I wanted because I so like missed that with chance. And like, I really struggled with Cade during the fourth trimester. And honestly, like, the first year of his life, I just was like total struggle with everything. Um, and I knew again that like I would have my whole life to coach and my whole life to be an athlete. And I really wanted to just focus on figuring out how to be a mom of two and taking care of myself if I went down like a deep, dark path um, and be able to like be really proactive around uh, around bringing him into the world and then around that fourth trimester and then being proactive with my mental health and proactive with the support that I had and like you know, nothing ever totally goes as planned, but I do feel like that prep of acknowledging what I knew were significant challenges with Cade, how can I control what I can with Chance and his birth and his, um, you know, entry into the world, like his whole first year. And I feel like that uh, trying to trying to control the things that I could really helped with all of that um, from his birth to, to now he's nine months old and I can't really believe that. And he is just such a different little soul. And <laughs> like, I just can't believe how I gave birth to two totally different kinds of babies. It's, it just blows my mind. So like, I still just can't believe it. So um, yeah, everything, everything's been different just, and it's been awesome, like way better than I ever anticipated. I just didn't think it was possible to enjoy being in the first year postpartum with like my, how I felt about my body, what I was able to do athletically. I just, it's almost like everything is just hard and so foreign and then breastfeeding and just being like needed all the time was really hard for me. And so I was kind of really afraid of this and I've actually, and I really can't believe I'm saying this a year ago, I would have never believed it, but like, I'm actually kind of enjoying it and it's, it's actually been okay. So it's so weird. So weird. I love hearing about your experience with this postpartum <laughs> round number two because it gives me more hope. Even though I had a pretty enjoyable postpartum number one, still I just have so many fears about two yeah. kids. And yeah, with your business and with your entire life. So watching you go through it has been so helpful. I will say that. Thanks. Yeah, it's it's 
God, you know, I don't know. We somehow figure it out. And I hate it when people told me, like, I don't know what I'm going to do it. And they're just like, well, you'll just figure it out. I'm like, okay, cool. You want to come, like, help me figure that out? Because, like, it's hard when you feel pulled. Like, I feel so pulled to keep pursuing the stuff that I love. And, like, I want to talk about this. I want to create. I want to write. I want to, like, coach. I want to do all these things. But at the same time, I don't want to not be involved with my kids. And, um, like, I don't think any of us are doing this very like well, but we're trying, right? Like <laughs> we're showing up, we're doing what we can and it's a hot mess behind the scenes over here, but you know, we're, <laughs> Oh God, I'm just, I'm just trying. That's all I can say is we're just trying. We appreciate it. Uh, yeah. What is the biggest difference in mindset that you took into postpartum exercise specifically after second baby versus first baby? Yeah, um, I guess with that, I had no expectations. Um, and that was huge because I didn't feel like, oh, I'm eight weeks postpartum. I should be back in the gym with like my normal schedule. Or I am now six months postpartum. I should be like hitting my old numbers again. Like I had zero expectations. And I'm like, again, nine months postpartum. I'm still not like, I'm sort of just like recreationally working out. I'm working out for fun. I'm working out when it's like some weeks are really good. I'm like, yeah, I feel like like athletic again and other weeks I'm like cool I haven't worked out in forever and I have maybe 10 minutes and that felt like totally dumb I don't even whatever like you know so not having those expectations around this time in life that's like really just crazy um has helped a lot um because it's like the like all or something mentality has been really helpful um because you know before with when I was postpartum with Kate, it was like, I need to be at the gym an hour, like every day. And like there, I was very hell bent on that. And that was mostly like, because I was so sad and desperate to, for something to feel good and normal. And I just tried to take control of what I could. And this time it's like, well, some days my business is what needs me. And some days my baby is what needs me. And some days maybe I can like get in a workout and that feels good. And I always feel better when I do. I absolutely like I hope I try to like work out often because I operate better, but just not always realistic. And so putting set expectations around what I should be doing or what I was doing before, um, things like that. I've just tried to like say whatever, like I'm older, I'm in a different chapter of life. I have I just my entire life is different now. And um, just making room for where I'm at and being grateful for when I can work out and when something cool and my athleticism happens it's like ah well that's exciting <laughs> you know and then just like moving on moving on with it so I have my whole life to get better and stronger and improve my performance but I won't get this time back so I'm just trying to like be in it and own it and that my priority is not my fitness my priority is is figuring out how to juggle a lot of different pieces in my life that are all very meaningful. And what would you say, Brie, what's the most, um, in terms of piece of advice that you give most commonly to your pregnant athletes? And then is it the same or different from what you give your postpartum athletes? So with pregnancy, it's like, it's more of like, here's your considerations, your training considerations. And here's why you should care about um, maybe certain modifications or discontinuing this movement or the volume of it. Like it's more of like an educational process. Um, and then postpartum, it's a lot more like really more hands-on guidance of, okay, so 
first step is like, what kind of birth did you have? Did you see a pelvic floor physical therapist? Like, how much are you sleeping? Not at all. Okay. Like that's a, that's a huge deal. Like, are you breastfeeding? How's that going? And like really just trying to allow them to just figure out that part of their life and give them again, it comes back to like, they, it's like so many women just like need permission to like, just be like, and it's not saying don't work out, but like you can just, it's also okay to not, it's also okay to like sit on the couch and just like be a zombie and maybe even enjoy sitting on the couch when that's not something you ever do because you're like, I gotta do this and go to the gym and whatever. Like it's okay. Like sometimes there's no other time, like having a brand new baby, like just being able to like chill out and just let other things in your life stop. And that's okay. Like, we need permission to stop sometimes. And I like to be the one to give that permission because I think, you know, people think that like, well, if you're in the fitness industry or if you're an athlete or whatever, like you don't stop, like you just keep going. And it's always a exercise is always a priority. And so saying that exercise doesn't always have to be a priority. I think is huge. Um, people need to hear that. Like, cause it's by default a priority. So you will come back to it. It's a habit, but at least like in my circle, this is, you know, I don't have to convince athletes to work out. I need to convince them like to figure out how to work out and what that looks like during different chapters of their life. So Brie, mm -hmm. you have this fantastic online course for trainers and coaches who want to be better educated in the work that you do. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, I have um, an online course for coaches. It's pregnancy and postpartum athleticism. And um, I just reopened it with some new content. Um, this this week and yeah so we've been able to have a lot of different coaches from all over the world go through it so that they understand how to work with athletes and so again it's not just um we bring in topics exactly like we've talked about today like how do you talk to an athlete like how do we address athlete brain there's like a whole chapter dedicated to athlete brain because that is more like just as important as how they're training through their like or how they're training through pregnancy and postpartum um, and then just like different strategies and how to integrate it and just like really trying to make it a hands-on course for women that really want to um, keep training like athletes through their pregnancy and postpartum. In what capacity are the students in the course working? Are they all in fitness? Are there different realms? Yeah, I'd say like the majority, they're all like fitness industry or um, physical therapy or physiotherapy. And um, that's probably the main demographic. And um, working with a variety of athletes. So we do have CrossFit coaches, but we also have like personal trainers, strength and conditioning, kettlebell, yoga, whatever. Um, and I try to bring in pieces of those considerations too. So I have a lot of different um, people who gave interviews and advice on how to integrate different strategies to different training than just like what I do. Like I'm kind of in the the barbell strength conditioning CrossFit bubble. So I won't be the one to speak on yoga. Let me do a handoff to my friend, you know? So um, it's been cool to get different people involved and really just have like a really inclusive, um, like inclusive and also like broad conversation around like the spectrum of athleticism and ability and goals. And it's not just like high level athletes. It's like we have women again that are going to their mommy boot camp class at four weeks postpartum and their priority is to be there four days a week and they're running, they're sprinting, they're squatting, they're doing all these different movements. And like, yeah, that person's an athlete and we need to have somebody who understands how to work with her in her community and online and whatever. So 
yeah, the more people we can get out there hustling a, a helpful message, the better. Where can everyone find out more about the courses, but also where they, where they can find you online? Yeah, so my website is just briannabattles.com and my Instagram is Brianna underscore battles. Yeah, no, it's Brianna.battles. <laughs> oh, man, you really got my life together. Yeah, so it's Brianna.battles on Instagram and on Facebook. It's Brianna Battles dash everyday battles or vice versa. It might be everyday battles dash Brianna Battles, but you know, <laughs> you guys, it's you'll find me there's not a whole lot of brianna battles out there so <laughs> that name is kind of unique to me i guess <laughs> we'll find you we will link you in the show yeah. notes as okay. well <laughs> all right brie we yeah. love you thank you so much for being on with us today always love oh. chatting with you yeah thank you guys so much for having me loved it on the next episode we have our friend dr jillian sawyer prenatal postnatal chiropractor we dive into the idea of your body after baby, how we can reframe this to help support ourselves postpartum in a positive light. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 